We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by the Blue Art Podcast Network. Alex and I are very happy to be joined today by some very special guests. We're doing a Chargers podcast, a roundtable. We have Jake Hefner here from Chargers Unleashed and fellow LAFB uh, co-worker. Jake, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, guys. How are we all doing? Good. Doing great. We also have Kevin here from Chargers Chat. Who uh, you know is working with Fansided? Who is working with Jason Reed? We got a little Bolt beat presence in the house tonight. Kevin, how are you doing tonight, man? Good, man. Good. I'm pumped to get on here and chat with you guys. I feel like we we connect all the time on Twitter, and now I can see some faces and we can put it all together. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Looking forward to our chat tonight. And then, of course, we have David. Uh, you just told me how to say it, man. I'm, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, Dragomeyer, Drogomeyer. No, no. Oh man, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Starting starting all- the show off really hot. Uh, David, how you doing today, man? Hey, doing well. And it's Drogemeyer just for everybody out there. I'm sure you guys have uh, heard a couple episodes, but I'm happy to be with you guys, man. I mean, this is an exciting season. There's so much going on, so much different, but it's all exciting for me. So let's get to it. Uh- Honestly, you know, me and David follow each other on Twitter, and I've just been putting an N in the middle of his name, so I've just thought it was Drogenmeyer this whole time, so <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. They do say it sounds like a beer, which, I mean, I'm not uh, not opposed to that. You know, that's that's totally fine with me. But I'm yeah, no N. Can I, can I pitch Double D? Can we just call him Double D from now on? <laughs> Whatever makes you feel comfortable, my man. Like that. That's strong. There we go. Uh, David is, of course, from the Locked On, the Chargers Locked On show, who are, who are doing some great work. Uh, also got the shout out from uh, Jerry O'Connell on CBS. So congrats to you guys there. Yeah, uh, very and then, cool. Very cool indeed. So then we got Jason Reed from Bolt Beat. Uh, still holding it down over there. Jason, how's it going, man? Good. A uh, little embarrassed that I'm on my phone while you guys are all in your nice podcast <laughs> setups. Uh, I had a plan and the plan didn't go two plans so we're, we're left using the phone so hopefully that's okay <laughs> uh, it's all good totally good and then alex is here as well alex how's it going dude good uh we have all the podcast co-hosts and the guy who edits all my stuff over on bolty we have jason <laughs> so it's a packed house 
It is a packed house. We did. We all got together for our mock coaches interview back in January. Uh, so much has changed since the you know the few of us got together. Uh, you know, Brandon Staley, of course, is, is seeming like a rock star right now. So uh, I figured we start there, just talking about our general impressions from Coach Staley, since you know none of us were together. You know, after the hiring. Uh, so, David, we'll start with you. What has been your general reaction and first impression, if you will, of Coach Staley and this new staff uh, since training camp has gotten started? I mean, a breath of fresh air. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is that the past coaching staffs were just terrible communicators. And, I mean, they were very old school. They kept everything very close to the vest. They didn't really want to communicate. that. They thought that, that if they let some kind of information out there, it was going to be some kind of competitive advantage for somebody else. And Brandon Staley is the complete opposite. He will tell you what's going on, and he'll yeah. tell you, and he's going to go out there and execute it and beat you anyway. He's that confident in himself and his abilities. He just He's obviously extremely intelligent, and that comes through in every press conference that you listen to. It's appointment listening, truly. Uh, it's very different. I mean, I'm still kind of getting used to it. But I think it's a theme across his entire coaching staff is they're all good, strong communicators. You believe them. They're very family-oriented. They really want to make this a collaborative experience between the players. I think it's a complete 180, but one that was sorely needed. Yeah, absolutely. I, I go back to one of his uh, podcast appearances, I think with Robert Mays. You know, he talked about, he's like, I want the fans to learn more. Like, I want to be more involved with the fans, which is obviously music to all of our ears. Uh, Mr. Jason Reed, what are your early impressions of this new coaching staff led by Brandon Staley? I mean, the guy's a stud. Um, you know, I Alex gets hate for being kind of the, the Debbie Downer <laughs> of the group. I've seen that. And me and Alex are similar in that regard. So I was definitely kind of doing the whole, you know, don't get too excited until we see it, you know, before training camp and everything started. But you hear the way the guy talks. You see the way he coaches and the clips we've gotten. So excited for that behind-the-scenes thing they're doing. Um, some guys you just know. I mean, when McGabay was hired and all the stuff you saw out of camp before he coached his first game, you just know. And I have that feeling with Brandon Staley. Um, the dude's knowledgeable. He seems to really get the game. The guys so far, you know, really seem to respect him. He hired a great staff, uh, almost a complete overhaul besides what John Law, not John Law, uh, the offensive, defensive line coach um, was the only one they kept around. And the guy just knows what he's doing. So hopefully, you know, game management's the only thing we haven't really seen. But with everything else we've seen around him, I'm sure he'll be, you know, great at that as well. Yeah, absolutely. The The new staff is like, uh, shout out to that one guy who said that the Chargers were going to force uh, Brandon Staley's staff upon him. You know, I still remember that one. Um, Kevin, what are your thoughts so far of the new coaching staff? It's just so exciting, man. Like you get, we're, we're getting more information more than we've ever gotten before. Kind of what David said. And we're also hearing these players talk about them. Like I just remember in the past, all these players were kind of locked down and they would say the same cookie cutter thing. It was this, this, and this. They're, the players are coming out and talking about how much they love this guy, how much they feel like they're going to be a new player in his system. And then, you know, all that excitement leading up to the first preseason game. And then we get to see what our new defense looks like. And my excitement went yeah, even yeah. even higher than what I had just by seeing his like, you know, the mic'd ups and all that stuff. Like you can't tell me you see you don't you see the mic up and you're not jacked every time he's talking to his players. Like I'm ready to go through a wall. I'm ready to do whatever that guy wants. So I, I'm beyond excited for this season and for for Brandon Staley. For for those who are listening and not watching, I you know I had to chuckle because uh, David over here is doing the the bust through with the fist from Twenty Two Jump Street. 
Uh, shout out to David there. Uh, Jake, man, what are you what are you making of Brandon Staley and this staff so far? You know, I kind of have to go off of what Jason was talking about. Just, you know, when we went back to doing our, our coaching carousel and doing our mock things as far as who we thought, and a lot of us for the longest time thought it was going to be Brian Dable that was going to be the, the real nice selection. And yeah. what a pleasant surprise this has been from Brandon Staley. I mean, he has just arrived on the scene with a philosophy, with a communication standpoint, with a perspective of wanting to connect with his players on such a more personal level than we hear most coaches even talking about. I mean, you go back to the last three coaches that the Chargers have had since the Schottenheimer era, and you look at Norv Turner, you look at Mike McCoy, you look at Anthony Lynn. And, you know, while all of that seemed okay at the time, just because it was a new change and we thought it was going to bring something different, it, it, it wasn't. This actually feels different to listen to him talk, his philosophies, his developmental perspectives that he brings to this team, what he wants to change about it, the coaching staff that he's put around him. I mean, it's the real deal. It's no joke. And we, I know we haven't even played week one yet, but damn, this feels good. It really does, man. I'm so excited for the all-in series that they're going to be doing on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That looks so great. I, the catchphrase that he said the other day, he's like, nothing fucking casual. Excuse our French, but love that catchphrase yeah. so, so much. We're going to throw uh, this shit down the field. <laughs> I mean, come on now. How could you not love that? Oh, man. Music to our ears. Alex, any final thoughts here on uh, Coach Staley's, uh staff before we move on to the nitty-gritty conversations? Yeah, I mean, I echo a lot of the same sentiments. Um, you know, it's it's different, I guess, when any coach comes in when they can just say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to do this, this, and this. But so far, Brandon Staley has kind of walked the walk, right? Um, he wants to be a more analytically kind of driven decision maker. Um, that's something that I've really appreciated about him. And uh, I was sort of prepared, yeah. <laughs> you know, when the Chargers leaked that thing to Schefter and they were like, yeah, we're totally going to hire Brian Dable. And then they didn't. Uh, so I was prepared for that. But, uh, you know, I, I think that going in this direction, there were definitely arguments that could have been made that were pro-Dable, right? Like the development of Justin Herbert and all that. But I think that he and the defense will be just fine with this hiring. And uh, I, I think they're in a position uh, to do well this year. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of excitement for this coaching staff. Definitely have to see it, like Jason said, in terms of game management. Um, but I, I think this is, you know, trending upward, as Coach Lombardi would say. So it's only right that we talk about training camp. Uh, the Chargers are preparing for their final practice, which is crazy to say, uh, tomorrow against the 49ers. So I wanted to talk about the biggest winners and losers of training camp. Of course, it could be a coach. It could be, you know, Justin Herbert, if you want to go that route. Um, but someone who has really elevated their stock and then someone who has really hurt their stock. Uh, Jake Hefner, we'll start with you on this one. Who do you think is the biggest winner and the biggest loser of training camp so far? Oh, man. I mean, let's start with winners. Uh, we've heard about it in the stories as far as who's related best to the new defensive coaching staff. You have to go Kaiser White. I mean, this looks like the guy that we saw bust onto the scene just a couple years ago. Um, Whatever is in the water, he's drinking it and he's loving it right now. So uh, the plays that he's made in camp, I can't wait to see him actually do this in games. He just seems to be all over the field when it comes to the defensive standpoint. Uh, to see what him and Drew Tranquil did in the first preseason game was awesome. Does yeah. anyone need to see them the rest of the preseason, by the way? I think I'm good on that. <laughs> no, right? we're done. I think, yeah. I think we, can, we can definitely back them away. 
we're good. Uh, biggest loser, unfortunately, I think it has to be Joe Reed. And I yeah. really feel for Joe Reed right now, just considering that everything that we thought was going to be installed with Brandon Staley coming in, you, you know, you think like, okay, when he was drafted, how we were going to use him as a gadget player, especially on special teams. And he essentially has just been completely eliminated from both the offense and the special teams roster as a returner. I still, it perplexes me that they have not even given essentially given him any reps in practice. Austin Prohl has essentially yanked that position away from Joe Reed. And especially now with him arriving in practice in a walking boot, I just think his, his chances of making this roster are pretty close to zero, unfortunately. Yeah. And just to follow up on Joe Reed's health, uh, it, it seemed like most of the injuries today were were you know, basically non-issues. Um, but Joe Reed's status is TBD for those who are are curious there. So uh, let's move on to Kevin here. Kevin, who are your biggest winners or who is your biggest winner and biggest loser of training camp so far? Well, the biggest winner for me is just the one video I saw online. I think we all got really excited about was the one-on-one with Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa and how Rashawn Slater just kind of, he was already coming in touted as he's going to be our guy, but you know, we haven't seen him against NFL talent. He had a year off, all that stuff comes in is, is just really holding his own against our top players. And then, you know, you see what he does in that preseason game beyond excited. It's like a double whammy thing. So I'm so excited for him because he's going to make Herbert that much better who I'm extremely excited for so i think it's i think he's definitely my my number one most excited seeing in this camp um i think the it's kind of hard because it's still a battle right now but i think badgley it was his job to keep and he's not doing anything to lock down that job um and i i have no confidence in him his kicking anymore really and i and I, i have no confidence in his ability to kick it to touch back to kick touchbacks so I, I think he he uh, he's the guy that I'm looking at. Like, man, you really kind of you dropped the ball on this training camp, especially that fan fest where you got booed off the field. And not not a good look. Not good, not a good look for a kicker. No, and then to really make matters worse, you had Tristan Viscaino going three for six today, as he's finally about it's to fluke. separate himself. It's a fluke. The volcano. Yeah. It's a fluke. He'll be all right. It is a fluke. I know Alex has been. Uh, you know, hard on the Alex Kessman train, but hey, he might sign with the Saints. So who knows if that works out. Um, Alex, who is your biggest winner and loser of training camp so far? Yeah, I mean, for winner, for me, it's not really like an individual player, but the entire rookie class, like the fact that we've just had this whole explosion with Slater, Samuel getting a pick uh, today uh, on Jimmy G and uh, there two picks. uh, Yeah, two picks and another one on Trey Lance. Right. So. Uh, you know, he showed out and then you have somebody like Josh Palmer who comes in in that first preseason game has six catches, just looks has looked really clean as a route runner. And you go down the list, really the only person, you know, a couple people haven't stood out, but like Trey McKitty just hasn't gotten the opportunity. Um, right. And, you know, you had a couple others that haven't, but really, you know, the drafts are based on, hey, can you get two or three, maybe four guys to really contribute? Uh, in a four-year span and so far it looks like they have really those three or four guys and maybe more Uh, so I gotta say the rookie class has been the big winner of the preseason training camp period so far the loser um, we talked about Badgley we talked about Viscaino but man special teams as a whole uh, has just blown chunks Uh, I'm gonna be (laughs) honest punt coverage has been bad Uh, you know we're sort of still working through kick returners and punt returners and like, yeah, Badgley's been bad, but like Steven said, this guy who goes three for six today. So like, 
I think Viscaino should win the job, but I really don't have much confidence in him either. Uh, so, you know, and it's one of those things where the Chargers can be a great offensive team, great, def- uh, great defensive team, and their ceiling might just be nine or 10 wins if, you know, they're going to lose two or three games just based on those special teams. So um, not specific to players, but I think the biggest winner is the rookie class, biggest loser so far for me would be the special teams unit. And just a so. quick thing on the special teams, I just want to point out, like, we, we it's so funny because this is kind of an improvement over what we were last year. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Isn't that it insane? Get any worse? Like we're all yeah. pissed off right now about what it is right now, but this is still like we were thirty second. This is like twenty four range. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's not as bad mm-hmm. as it was last year, which is nuts. Absolutely nuts. It is yeah. nuts. I was talking with uh, Kenny King, who was a podcaster for the Raiders yesterday, and he he kind of had a similar comment about like the Raiders defense because it's like. Everybody was making fun of Gus Bradley and that hiring, but if they can just if he can just get the defense to like twenty fifth, yeah. like the Raiders fans will be stoked about that. And I think we're in the same boat at, for Darius Swinton and the Chargers special teams. Just don't be historically awful, and we'll be very happy with just you. Somewhere in the middle, just, yeah. just right there in that nice meaty middle of the sandwich is all I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, David from Locked On again, you know, very happy to have all these guys here today. Uh, David, who is your biggest winner and loser of training camp so far? Well, since you guys took all of my options, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think a couple of guys that really excited me or have excited me so far in training camp, a couple of under-the-radar guys, Kamon Hall and John Brandon, I thought yeah. have really showed well. They've really taken the advantage of their opportunities so far in camp. They're making plays. They're taking the ball away. And if you want to make this team as a back-of-the-roster type of guy – you have to perform on special teams. And as a corner, you got to take the football away. And that's what they're doing. So they're really putting their best foot forward, trying to do everything in their power to really make this roster. So I got to give them credit. I like what those two guys have done. Also, shout out to Forrest Merrill, the bulldozer. That guy's looked pretty Love awesome. It. It's been really uh, refreshing and nice to see someone in the middle who can really break through and really bust through the middle of, of uh, an offensive line, which we haven't seen with the chargers in a very long time. So I like to, you know, spotlight those couple of guys. And then on the biggest loser for me so far is Justin Jackson. And it's because he cannot stay healthy. This, yeah. this is year four. This is a contract year for Justin Jackson. He had no injury issues whatsoever at Northwestern. So that's why it's so perplexing to see him not be able to stay on the field. We all know, I think we all can agree that when he's on the field, he is productive. But availability is one of the best abilities. And if you can't be on the field, you cannot help the team. And with Larry Roundtree kind of breathing down his neck, I think at this point, he should feel very uncomfortable. And this is why he's one of the bigger losers of camp so far. Absolutely agree with that one. And we'll have to see. I do think that Kelly or Roundtree would really have to continue to play well to push Jackson out of a spot. But, you know, I do agree that he's definitely been a loser this week. So, uh, Jason Reed, who is your biggest winner and biggest loser of training camp so far? Well, like David said, all the good ones are taken. (laughs) Um, I was preparing to go last because I thought this might be a problem. So I'm going to go with the interesting one. I'm going to say Derwin James, which – might be a weird pick. You know, Derwin, obviously, former All-Pro. People love him. Charger fans love him. You know, it's it's been good not only to see him stay healthy. He's a winner for that reason, obviously. But to see him be Derwin James again. You know, the way we're the things we're seeing from camp and whatnot. He is Derwin James. Now, 
I know a lot of fans were expecting that, but me, you know, being kind of similar to Alex, I was a little worried about Derwin James. Not that he'd be a bad player, but, you know, you play five games in two years, you're a little worried. You know, how is he going to respond, especially from getting, you know, another knee injury last year? So it's been great to see him just be Derwin James. So he's a winner just for that. Um, I, again, I didn't think he was going to be terrible, be bad, but you do worry about those things. Um, yeah. As far as a loser... I was going to piggyback, piggyback off of Justin Jackson because I was going to say Justin Jackson and say Joshua Kelly, but that might just be my Joshua Kelly bias coming out because you guys know uh, <laughs> I'm not a big Josh Kelly fan. Uh, hated the pick when it happened. Still hate it, you know, a year and a half later. And I'm just going to say him because with Justin Jackson's injury, he had a prime op- you know, opportunity to maybe take the job, especially as a year or two back, learn in the offseason and whatnot. And as it stands right now, I'd rather see Roundtree over Josh Kelly. I just, I don't know. I, maybe it's that bias that I'm looking through, but I don't think I'll ever like Josh Kelly unless he really makes me eat crow. <laughs> oh, man, you don't think he'll ever like him? Oh, man. I mean, maybe if he changes his name to Joe Reed, but and then they could <laughs> swap. I mean, my dad just bought a Joe Reed jersey, so I'm kind of bummed out about that. Oh, oh but, you know, It's like I got, I got that uh, Murray jersey, and he changed his number. It's like, what do I do with this? What do I do with this 56? There's no need for it. Yeah, so oh, for some man. background, I mean, my last name's Reed, and then our favorite number is twelve. My dad and I, so it's just it's perfect. So oh, that was meant to be then. Seeing him, well, you could just cut. tell people that it was a custom jersey then. Yeah, true. And if he gets cut, I'll get it for clearance. So it's like a, a cheap custom jersey. <laughs> <laughs> true that, true that. So I'll wrap it up here. Uh, I was gonna say John Brandon as well. Uh, you know, it's hard to argue with a cornerback who's making that many plays. Um, but I'm gonna go biggest winner is Donald Parham. I think the the big fella who I still refuse to believe is only six eight, uh, you know, has has been cooking some dudes in, in practice and really like in the clips that we've seen, he's he's showing off some nice nuance as a route runner and getting a lot of love in the red zone from Justin Herbert and Chase Daniel for that matter. Uh, so I don't know if there's a prop bet for Donald Parham touchdowns, but if there is, I'm definitely taking the over. Um, and then loser, I mean, it's hard to really say anyone else that you guys have mentioned, but. I guess I'll throw an Easton stick there just to be on brand for us. Uh, Don't really see how he makes a roster at this point. Um, All right, let's talk about some potential breakouts, some potential first-time Pro Bowlers. Uh, We had a great conversation on our show about this, and I think this will be very interesting here to get your guys' picks for some potential charters to make their first Pro Bowl breakout, whatever you want to take it in that area. Um, De- David, we'll start with you on this one for your potential breakout pick. Yeah, I, I mean, potential breakout. I mean, I went more first time pro bowler in this situation, and this one might surprise some people, but it's Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler has not been a pro bowler at all in his NFL career, and that seems crazy because he's probably one of the top five pass catching running backs in the NFL. I think we can all somewhat agree on that. He is a dangerous weapon, and I feel like in this offense, with that Alvin Kamara type of role, which he's kind of built for, he, I think he's really going to explode on the scene this year, and he's actually going to get some recognition. So I think that this is going to be the year that Austin Eckler earns his first Pro Bowl nod. Yeah, that that was who I chose as well on our show, so I, I love that answer. Uh, we'll go back to Jason Reed here. Jason, who is your uh, breakout pick, first-time Pro Bowler selection here? So I don't know if he'll make – the Pro Bowl. I mean, if he has the kind of season I hope he does, he should make the Pro Bowl. I'm going to go with Michael Davis because I think it's a bit of an interesting pick. Maybe someone else had him. Uh, we haven't seen much about him in camp in terms of, you know, compared to like Asante Samuel Jr., you know, all the positive clips and whatnot. But you look at Michael Davis, he's gotten better every single year in every single year in his career. 
he's got the traits to make an elite corner. You know, he's got the elite speed. He's got the size that, you know, that those fast guys usually don't have. And now he's playing for the best defensive coach he's ever had. Um, I think, you know, this camp, again, it's been a little quiet on his front, but maybe it's the calm before the storm. Um, I really like Michael Davis. I'm glad they re-signed him. I remember Alex saying he was the most important person for them to re-sign. And I think he was right in hindsight. Um, even if I disagreed with him then, I might have. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> Michael Davis, that's going to be my pick. Uh, Alex, I think that was your answer on our show. Um, so Sorry, if it, it looks like Alex is frozen. Alex is in a foreign country, for those who don't know. So Wi-Fi is a little <laughs> sketchy down there. Oh, we got him? Nope. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, Jake Hefner, who is your answer here for uh, potential breakout charter? You know, we bounced around this question just a, over the last couple of months. And, you know, early on, I would have gone in Chenonuosu with Melvin Ingram going out and how he would come into this defensive system, especially away from Gus Bradley, who only decided to use him 17 or 19 snaps during yeah. a game. Um but, you know, I've kind of gone away from that, and I and it's it's tough. I mean, I think the opportunity is going to be there. He definitely has some competition with the way Kyler Fackrell and, and Chris Rump have been accelerating very fast with this team. But, God, it's, it's hard to ignore Kenneth Murray in the middle of the defense. And yeah. I think outside of, uh, you know, the Chargers sphere as far as what we talk about, I think he quietly actually had a great year last year. So I'm excited to see him build on that. And, uh, and again, in this new system with Ronaldo Hill, I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, man. Kenneth Murray is, is just a specimen. I don't know if you guys saw that picture of when he was about to prepare for blitzing and he, like you see his arms and his six pack, like that dude is just built like a tank, man. We so. had over a hundred tackles and a defense is not even suited for his strengths. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he didn't, he had to learn something completely new. Right. And that's why he'd struggled for the first couple of games. But I mean, I think you saw towards the end of the season, he really picked it up and now he's actually going to be able to play how he was designed to play, which is downhill getting after the quarterback, being more physical, using that sideline to sideline speed. So I like that pick Jake. Hey, but David tackles don't matter, dude. Like this is not a, a pro tackle <laughs> show. <laughs> Just they do matter. <laughs> they do matter. Absolutely. Um, Kevin, who is your pick here? Uh, it's kind of a cheat, honestly. It's a it's a first year player that he'd be. I when I found out he had never made the Pro Bowl, I was beside myself. But Corey Lindsley, I yeah. think he's gonna. I think it's gonna happen. I think Herbert's gonna have the year he has, and I think it's gonna be. Um, he's gonna have a great year, and I think Lindsley's gonna get some credit because he's going to keep him upright and keep him safe. So I was just mind blown that he wasn't a Pro Bowler, um, and. Hey, come to the Chargers, become Pro Bowler. That's just how we do it, I guess. That's what we'll I mean, about. all pros better than Pro Bowler any day of the week anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. So let's get everyone to vote for him this time, and then we'll get him into yeah. the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I've had quite a few rants about uh, Corey Lindsley and the disrespect this year. So, um, you know, thankfully for him, I think most of the other better centers in the league are all in the NFC. So it should be pretty easy for him to make the Pro Bowl this year if uh, Chargers fans show out. So, Alex, we lost you there for a second, man. I know Michael Davis was yeah. your initial pick on our show. Uh, has that changed? Uh, well, you know, since Jason said Michael Davis, and I think that's such a great answer, I will. <laughs> oh. Throw another one in there. Uh, we there talked we about a lot of uh, talked about Kenneth Murray and people like that at nauseum. I think Kaiser White is in there. I mean, we saw it in the preseason game last week. Uh, I think just, you know, not being caught in the Gus Bradley system of like, well, 
well, am I going to rush the passer? Am I going to, you know, have to cover? I think not being caught in that is is a good thing for, for Kaiser White. I think he'll be able to be unleashed, so to speak. Um, Pro Bowl might be a little too far just because he has Kenneth Murray and Drew Tranquil to kind of compete with for that on his own team. But I do think that he'll have a much better season than, you know, what we've seen from him so far. Obviously, health dependent, but uh, I, I definitely think he can do it this year. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to... Obviously, like I said, Austin Ecker was my pick for the first Pro Bowler. Um, I've been bigger on Jerry Tillery than most uh, in terms of a breakout season. Uh, we haven't heard much similar to Michael Davis about Jerry Tillery, uh, but I'm going to stick with my pick there for Jerry Tillery. I still have faith that he's able to put those ridiculous physical tools together. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much I buy the Justin Jones hype that is coming out, but um, I think one of those players will probably break out, which is which is obviously good news. All right, we're going to shift gears and talk about the Chargers schedule. Every single year it happens. There's a surprise loss. There's a surprise win. Um, so we're going to talk now about our predictions for who we could potentially see being a trap game as well as a surprise win. So, um, Alex, we'll start with you on this one. Who do you think is a surprise win and a surprise loss for the Chargers this year? Surprise win? Uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's a surprise because I think they can compete, but I'll say that they win one of the Chiefs games. Uh, so that is more than they usually do. Obviously, they've only won, you know, what, twice in the last decade. Uh, so I'll, I'll take that, you know, Crazy. they win the one at home. Uh, I would hope so, at least. Uh, and surprise loss? Mm, I'm going to go homer and I'm going to say the Eagles. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a road game on the east coast at one o'clock and i don't know like the eagles are a good team in the trenches they have a good offensive line they have a good defensive line and maybe jalen hurts breaks out uh the quarterback <laughs> is jalen hurts uh oh, so, yeah okay yeah <laughs> you know we had a quarterback with the initials of jh who did well last year so you know you could have that for jalen hurts too uh yeah i mean i i don't have much to go off of it but my choices are really like i don't know the bengals the giants so i'll take the eagles there you go. That, that, that tracks for your logic for sure. Uh, Jake Hefner, what are you picking for surprise win and surprise loss? You know, I mean, the as Alex said, the, the Chiefs games are kind of easy to to pick out there considering that, you know, the Chiefs are expected to win every single game. So anybody that would defeat them would honestly be a surprise. But if it was me and looking at the schedule, looking at the times in which they come on, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Again, another early game on the East Coast uh, going against uh, – a team that is not going to look like the Baltimore Ravens the last time that the Chargers played these guys with Lamar right. Jackson coming into his game. So, you know, they're always a physical brand of football. And for the first six weeks of the Chargers schedule, it is just absolutely brutal when it comes to uh, to defensive opponents that they have to go against. Um, surprise loss? Surprise loss, if I was to go through this. God, I mean, when you start, maybe it would be poetic justice if Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert went against oh, one another in Houston. Maybe that would be like the most possible surprise loss if Tyrod Taylor was able to pull out a W in that game. So, yeah, let's let's call the Houston game. Dude, if the Houston Texans win a game, I will be surprised. If they win, if they beat the Chargers, I'm going to be pissed. I will be so <laughs> upset about that. Um <laughs> Jeez, poor Tyrod, man. Can't catch a break. Um, David, let's go to you next. Who is your surprise pick for a surprise win or a surprise loss? Yeah, so I think surprise win for me is the Patriots game because they deserve it. They The Chargers have to get some get back, okay? Yeah. 
They got their asses beat last time. The only one that really showed out in that game is Kenneth Murray. I think that was his coming out party. He played extremely well. It didn't matter what the score was. He was still racking up those tackles, and he was going – he was all over the place. But the Chargers were thoroughly dominated in that game. There was another game where they were very confused uh, offensively going up against that defense, that Bill Belichick defense. Same with the the Dolphins. They used a lot of exotic looks, and Herbie just really wasn't at a point in his development to where he could identify those and try to get them in the right plays. So I think now he's much more well-equipped to be able to identify what they're trying to do to him. He also has the benefit of Brandon Staley to help him identify identify that. I think the offense is going to be much more efficient, so they're not going to really have to worry about throwing the ball a bunch of times. I think they're going to be able to run more efficiently, and that's going to be make for a much better game. So I think the Chargers are going to beat the Patriots this year. And for me, surprise loss, I think this is kind of a trap setup with the Giants and the Bengals. So I think – and I hate to say this, but I, I think the, the surprise loss is is probably the Giants. And, and it's because, you know, they're going to probably breeze through the Bengals. I, I know, you know, they're pretty solid, but they made a huge mistake not adding to their offensive line this year in the yeah. draft. I think that's going to come back and bite them. So I think the Chargers are going to beat the Bengals. They're going to be very confident. And then as they go play the Giants, uh, I think they're going to slip up and they might lose that one. So that's going to be my surprise loss. Well, I think I might be at that game, so I hope that they don't lose that one. Uh, but we've got some some streaks to break there. So, uh, Kevin, we'll wrap it up with you here. What is your pick for surprise win and surprise loss? So surprise win, I think it's going to be different this year playing the Chiefs. We talked about it a little bit, but being able to play the Chiefs in Kansas City when it's warm, I think is going to be a big difference. I've been I've gone to basically every Kansas City Charger game in Kansas City for the last five years. And it's freezing. Humble break. <laughs> and it sucks. It really sucks. And it sucks for watching in the stands. Can't imagine what it's like for the players on the field. So yeah. I think we're going to get hot. I think it's going to be a different team this year. We're going to we're going to be Washington and we're going to roll into Kansas City and we're going to we're going to beat the Chiefs week two. And then I'd love it. I, I, that's that's how I feel. I feel it's going to go that way. And then, you know, if you guys have listened to our podcast, it is I cannot say that I cannot give you a loss. Um, I'm going to plead the fifth on uh, picking a loser. I Shamelessly it. positive. Can't even go there. I'm not even going to go there. We're going to win all these games. It. In my mind, this is our this is our undefeated season. So I'll, <laughs> I'll get there when I get there. I respect it. I respect it. Jason, did I did I get your picks here, or did I skip you? Uh, you skipped me, but I mean, most of the games were covered. Um, I could just say surprise win. I don't even know if it's a surprise. I'm going to say the way their win is going to be surprising too the mainstream NFL media. I feel weird saying mainstream media. Um, I'm going to say the Steelers game. I think every Charger fan expects to beat the Steelers, um, especially with Big Ben's arm falling off. I hate the Steelers. Uh, not even from a hate the team. I hate them as being a good team next year. Um, as long as it doesn't take five consecutive field goal attempts, I think we might be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're going to just – it's not going to be close. Um, and maybe that's being a little bit too optimistic. If I had to pick – a loss that would be surprising. I'd say the Bengals won. Not that I expect the Chargers to lose to the Bengals, but that that feels like it could be a. I wake up on Monday morning just thinking about like how the hell did that happen? Excuse my French, but um, and I could just see like Joe Burrow going off against Justin Herbert. But do yeah. I think it's going to happen? No. But would I be surprised? Probably also no. <laughs> so that definitely feels like a Joe Burrow, you know, take it personal kind of games for sure. So. Um, you know, I, I was going to pick Baltimore for a surprise win. I feel like 
nobody would really, in terms of national media, you know, the road trip thing, I think that would be a surprise for people. Um, and I do think that they can match up well. I think with their athleticism and the new scheme that Brandon Staley has, I think they can be able to kind of corral Lamar Jackson, you know, relatively speaking, because not many teams are able to do that, obviously. But um, and then surprise loss. I, I, oh, it looks like we lost Jason. It's all good. Um, surprise loss. I think I would still pick the Denver game. I know we're all having our fun with the Broncos and their quarterback situation, but I personally am never going to pr predict a win in Denver until I see it happen on a more consistent basis. So um, that's going to be my pick. Looks like we got Jason back. There he is. <laughs> There's the adventure. So, um, all right, guys, we're going to wrap up this roundtable. This has been fantastic. Uh, I want to hear the final record predictions. Kevin, if you want to start us off with the 16-0, and 0, uh, go right ahead, man. Why, why not? <laughs> might, as well, might as well, right? Like, that's just could happen. Probably won't, but I'll say it. Fuck it. 16-0. and 17-0. 17-0. 17-0. Let's go. Uh, I, I hate that so much. I, I still I can't get that right. <laughs> um, all right. Jake Hefner, man, what is your final record prediction for the Chargers team this year? Mine's definitely going to be on more of the pessimistic side because, you know, you have to, I, I know it's, I know we're no longer talking about an Anthony lid led team. And it be, really became predictable last year to, to say, we're going to fall into the same damn scenarios that we fell into last year. But, you know, on, I'll, I'll on, go, I'll go, I'll go 10 and seven. I'll, I'll give it that much. Do they make the playoffs, Jake Hefner? Do they make the playoffs? Yes, they make the playoffs. I'll take it. I'll take it. I like that. That's not <laughs> very pessimistic. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. I think I may, I may have upped it one or two games. If that's pessimistic, <laughs> I want to see your optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was reading through the schedule. I'm like, okay, maybe things have changed a little bit since the first time that I looked at this schedule. And right. then, yeah, I kind of turned on myself a little bit. Okay, so slightly more optimistic. There we go. There we go. Um, all right, Jason, what is your uh, final record prediction here for the Chargers this year? So I make fun of uh, other NFL sites because if you read record predictions, because every year every sports website does it, and if you're like an in-between team, you always pick 10 and 6 or at 11 and 5, which now is, you know, 11 and 6 or whatever. Um, yeah. Every in-between team picks that. Every good team like the Chiefs will pick, you know, 14 and 2, and then every yeah. bad team will say 1 and 15 tank for the top pick. I make fun of people for doing that, but then I'm still predicting the Chargers to win 11 games. So <laughs> I think they're a wild card team. I think the Steelers take a step back. I think it's probably Chargers, Browns, and whoever else wants to join the party. But I don't like a lot of the teams in the AFC 11 and 7 playoffs. Well, man, the, the AFC, I think, is pretty loaded this year, but we'll have to see about that. I'm, I'm higher on the Steelers than most are, it seems like. Um, I certainly could see, you know, them taking a step back, but I. I a lot of people talking about them having a losing season, and uh, I just don't buy it. Um, so, David, we'll, we'll go to you next. What is your uh, final record prediction for the Chargers this year? Well, I've already put my record prediction out there on Locked On. Uh, as far as Locked On NFL today, they had me as a guest on there, and I already put mine out there, so I have to stick to it. I did say that I believe this team is very capable of winning 12-plus games. I know that might seem crazy. It might seem overly optimistic, but I think they have all the elements in place to where they can do that. But I'm not going to go quite that far. I am going to go 11-6 and six because I do feel like this is a very good football team. But the Chargers are going to charge her at some point in this season, and it's inevitable. So 
I, I can't go quite that far, but I feel very good about 11 and six. Yeah, we we had Robert Mays on our show uh, a couple of weeks ago. Selfish plug. Um, and, and one of the things that he said that we really liked is that the Chargers, like the ceiling is crazy high, right? You know, like this team really has the talent to win 13, 14 games. It's just that the floor is so much. There's so much variance there. I'm just um, scarred, man. I'm just yeah. scarred. Are they going to be able to close out games? I don't know. Are they going to be, be able to make field goals? I don't know. It's just there's so much we, we think is going to happen, but we have to go yeah. see them do it. Yeah, especially that that second part about the field goal kickers. Um, Alex, wrap us up here, man. Uh, I know you were actually the more uh, optimistic prediction of the three of us, which was uh, uh, quite a turn of events. Um, has your record prediction changed at all? Yeah, um, so I've watched about two weeks of the Chargers special teams, and I'm downgrading it from eleven and six to ten and seven. Uh, so I will, I will ride the, you know, uh, you know, not too pessimistic, not too optimistic line. I definitely think they're a team that's on the upward trajectory. You have a lot of reasons they can win games, but like we said, you know, um, you know, you're not a elite tier team until you know you learn how to close out those games, and that's going to be something that's really important this year. And like Jason Reed said, I've written, you know, pretty much, you know, a bunch of the 16 game uh, record prediction articles on both feet. Uh, and I always am like nine and seven, 10 and six. So, you know what, let's add to the list and go 10 and seven. There we go. Um, I, on our show initially had 10 and seven as well. I'm going to stick with that. I think if we had a little more certainty about the special teams, I probably would elevate it a little bit more. Um, but I do expect this team to push for the playoffs. I don't know about everybody else. I know I asked uh, Jake. And obviously, Kevin predicting 17 and 0, the Chargers definitely making the playoffs in that situation. <laughs> um, Jason, do you expect the Chargers to make the playoffs this year? Uh, it looked like he was You're on, on mute, mute, Jason. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be us. I said it. I said the, us, the Browns, and a third team, not the Steelers. There we go. That was my choice. Uh, David, if you've got 12 wins, I'm assuming that means you expect or, you know, potentially 12 wins. I assume you're expecting the Chargers to make the playoffs as well. Yeah, especially with the extra wild card spot this year. I think there's no doubt that they make the playoffs this year. There we go. There you guys heard it from Chargers Unleashed, Chargers Chat, Chargers Locked On, Bolt Beat, and of course the Guilty as Charged podcast. Love doing these roundtables. You know, wish we could have had everybody of the podcast on here, but this is a great conversation um jake kevin david jason thank you so much for joining us man uh chargers fans make sure and give them a follow too you know there's so many chargers podcasts out there but we all have our own little flares our own little flavors so we all put a little sauce on it so make sure you go and follow everybody check out bolt beat on twitter and their articles uh of course you got to read alex's articles as well uh guys thank you so much he can't write for shit (laughs) (laughs) he's an eagles fan he's an eagles fan yeah um, all right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us, man. And we'll see you guys next time. Take it easy. Sounds Thanks good. for having me, guys. Thanks, guys.